You're listening to Obiter, a Toronto-based podcast presented by Titan Defense LLP, where we endeavor to bring you commentary and summaries of criminal cases from the courts for Ontario. Please note that this is meant to be used as an informative aid in bringing these cases to your attention. This podcast is not a substitute to reading full cases. Hi, my name is Sina Shabisteri, partner and criminal defense lawyer at Titan Defense LLP. The following five cases have been curated for today's episode. Crown and GMC 2022 ONCA2. This was a 12-day sexual assault trial appealed to the Court of Appeal. The accused was a Waterloo police officer. Three rounds of appeal were advanced. 1. Judicial notice. Whether the trial judge took judicial notice of matters that fell within memory science, relying on his own understanding of how memories operate. On this, read paragraphs 23 to 39. 2. Uneven scrutiny of the evidence. Forgiving Crown inconsistencies, imposing a higher standard on the appellant as a witness because he was a police officer, among others. And 3. Reasonable apprehension of bias. Interventions and statements made by the trial judge were based on bias. On this ground, the trial judge asked for security when defense was not accepting his ruling on whether further cross-examination would be permitted, among other issues. This was a good case to read up on what can be judicially noticed about memory propositions at paragraph 38 and what amounts to bias at paragraph 106. The court acknowledged that the trial judge was demeaning of counsel, inappropriate and very unfortunate in action, but this was an isolated incident in a relatively lengthy trial during a hotly contested issue. The court held this case did not come close to displacing the presumption of judicial impartiality. Crown and Chacon Perez, 2022 ONCA 3. This was a second-degree murder case, which was successful on appeal. At a Christmas party held for employees and subcontractors of a building company, the deceased was stabbed once in the heart. The Crown alleged appellant stabbed him, which he denied and pointed to his friend, Chicas, as the assailant. The grounds of appeal were unreasonable verdict unsupported by the evidence. This ground failed a judicially acting jury could reasonably find guilt. Crown closing address caused miscarriage of justice. This ground failed. While parts of the Crown Council's closing remarks were improper, the timely and focused corrective instructions were sufficient to eliminate any miscarriage of justice. The trial judge erred in failing to instruct the jury on the included offense of manslaughter. This ground failed. This failure did not amount to prejudicial error. Trial judges are not obligated to instruct the jury on every offense that, as a matter of law, is an included offense. There must be an air of reality to the lesser included offense. The trial judge erred in denying the jury's only request for the testimony of four witnesses. This ground succeeded. The trial judge responded to them by saying that they do not have the transcripts of the evidence and that replaying the audio would take too long and that they should consider the testimony of these four witnesses as they recalled. The jury asked no more questions. The governing principles are as follows. Juries are, one, entitled to a clear, correct, and comprehensive answer to their questions, asks, or requests made. Two, entitled to have evidence of witnesses read back or replayed if requested. Three, where a jury's question is ambiguous or too broad, it is the trial judge who is entitled to clarify and should do so before responding. Four, the trial judge could ask whether a summary of the witness testimony from the judge's notes might suffice. And five, the trial judge should never discourage or leave the jury with the impression that they should not ask further questions. 
The Court of Appeal allowed the appeal and sent the matter back for a retrial as they found. The jury's deliberation question was central to the only issue at trial, the identification of the assailant, on which the evidence lacked consistency. Given the omnibus nature of the jury's request, the trial judge should have asked the jury to specify which portions of the evidence they wanted played back. The consequence was that the jury did not receive an answer to their only question, as promised in the charge, on an issue in which they were the sole arbiter, whether the appellant killed the deceased. Finally, this essentially discouraged them from asking any further questions during their deliberations, which they did not. Crown and Green, 2021, ONCA 932. This was a sentencing case on the jump principle and Duncan credit. Mr. Green was convicted of offenses which were significantly more serious than his previous criminal record. He was driving a car at a high rate of speed, took down a stop sign and crashed into a fence. Upon apprehension, he was found in possession of a firearm, large quantities of drugs including cocaine, crack, and a mixture of heroin and fentanyl. On sentence, the defense asked for 7 to 8 years. The Crown asked for 10 to 12 years. The judge imposed a 10-year sentence, less pre-sentence custody. Through duty counsel, the appellant raised three grounds. 1. The sentencing judge failed to apply the jump principle. 2. The sentencing judge failed to apply Duncan credit. And 3. The sentencing judge erred by not considering the appellant's personal circumstances as required by Crown and Morris 2021 ONCA 680. The Court of Appeal dismissed the sentence appeal and found the jump principle did not apply. This principle cautions a court against imposing a dramatically more severe sentence than the sentences imposed upon the offender for similar offenses in the recent past. But it has little application where the severity of the offender's crimes shows a dramatic increase in violence and seriousness. On the Duncan credit issue, the court found that it is a mitigating factor considered when arriving at an appropriate sentence. It is not a deduction from an otherwise appropriate sentence as held in Crown and Marshall 2021 ONCA 344 at paragraphs 52 and 53. While quantifying Duncan credit is not inappropriate, it may skew the calculation by mistaking its application to one akin to Summers credit. Crown and Brown 2021 OJ number 7192. Charges stayed pursuant to Section 11B of the Charter as impact of COVID considered. Charges were carry concealed weapon, a knife, assault with a weapon, and aggravated assault arising from an incident at Rebel Nightclub. Justice Baba's decision was based on a net delay of 23 months and 25 days. One issue was whether the Crown was entitled to a presumptive deduction of six months on account of COVID-19, either as a discrete event or an exceptional circumstance. The parties agreed the court can take judicial notice that case management was suspended between March 16, 2020 and September 28, 2020, a period of some six months. The court found it is insufficient for the Crown to point to the pandemic as an exceptional event. It is incumbent on the Crown to establish a causal link between the pandemic and the delay. Here, the main issue was substantive disclosure, which was significantly delayed, which also delayed the scheduling of a judicial pretrial. It took court intervention for the officer in charge to take notice of the Crown's repeated request for outstanding disclosure. Bottom line, where state action causes delay which runs concurrent with the pandemic, the state is not entitled to point to the pandemic as an excuse. Crown and Walker, 2021, ONCA 863. 
the relevance of sentencing of offenders' lack of insight into their offending. Walker was found guilty of making child pornography and possession of child pornography. He was sentenced to three years imprisonment. The Court of Appeal upheld his term of incarceration and rejected the submission that he had been improperly sentenced by the trial judge, treating his lack of insight as an aggravating sentencing factor. The appellant, citing Crown and Reeve, 2020 ONCA 381, argued that lack of remorse cannot be treated as an aggravating factor. The Court of Appeal held that unlike Reeve, the issue in the present case was a lack of insight and not a lack of remorse. Ultimately, while an offender's lack of remorse is not an aggravating circumstance in sentencing, an offender's lack of insight into their offense holds relevance for rehabilitative prospects and risk of recidivism. Thanks for listening to Obiter, presented by Titan Defense LLP. The Courts for Ontario are not affiliated with this podcast and did not produce or participate in its creation.